Did you know that when it comes to expressing your style, there's more that goes into it than just the clothes? Well, stylists know this. They know that there's your online presence, there's your social media presence, and there's the way that you show up and talk and give a client experience. And when we know that, we try and align your brand with in all these areas. So today, we're going to be focusing on your online presence and on your social media presence. And to help us unpack that and really give us all these tips to grow our social media presence and to do it with impact is a very special guest. But you know the drill. If you want to hear everything she's going to say, you're going to have to stick around to find out. Welcome to Waste Up Wardrobe. I'm Christine Vartanian, a civil engineer and attorney turned personal style expert and image consultant. As the founder of Jade for All Seasons, I am passionate about unveiling the inner confidence of my clients by developing their personal style. But is getting dressed up still important in our virtual world? Well, that's where my experience can help with what I call Waste Up Wardrobe. Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast for all things you need to conduct an outstanding Zoom meeting. It's about how to dress for the camera, but it's not just about the clothes. It's about everything you need to know to show up on brand and professionally for the camera. Join me in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio to discuss how to navigate this virtual world and dominate from behind the desk. Hello, Virtual Nation. Welcome to another episode of Waste Up Wardrobe. We have Susie Hickson here joining us from Kentucky. She's um, she's saying hello. And we have a very special guest today in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio. And I just can't wait to unpack all the genius she has. Uh, this expert is she knows how to build an audience on social media. She knows how to really create that influencer status. And she helps her clients learn how to do that. Who wouldn't want to hear this conversation, right? So please uh, tell a friend, invite them in, and let's get started. But before I go there, I just want to remind everybody that Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast and a show. It's also on iTunes. This is, you can subscribe there, rate us or review us if you're so inclined to do that. We're on YouTube. We are on Instagram. And we really, really appreciate all the support, but more importantly, our mission in the Waste Up Wardrobe Studio is to give you value of how to show up online, on and offline actually, but mostly how to show up in the new virtual way of working in every area of your brand and of your office. So I want to say thank you to Rick Moscoso, my producer, who is always in the green room and the production room making everything work just right. I appreciate his um, expertise and just always being here. And I want to just dive right in and introduce my guest and really talk about everything that she, she's such a genius. She is very, she's a speaker that speaks on growing social media influence and she has done it herself. So, um, I am going to want to really introduce Kiki, who is a passionate social influencer and strategist. She's an entrepreneur, a style expert, and the creator of something called the Earn Flincer Project. She takes female entrepreneurs from unseen and unknown to seen everywhere by equipping them with identity, messaging, and, and a tribe they need to become to be known as thought leaders and industry influencers. And so that they can really attract their dream clients and have more sales and really shine on social media. In her five short years as an influencer, she grew a following of over 100,000 
thousand followers, highly engaged, and they're very highly engaged followers. And she has partnered with the NFL, Ralph Lauren, Rent the Runway, and also trained for Tony Robbins and Dean Gracioso. Some of you may have heard of um, those uh, really um, amazing entrepreneurs and leaders. She's a wife and a mother of four, and she has a passion for fashion. And this is what I love the most because I can totally relate to this. She has an overactive imagination, and she believes that everything starts with the mind. And that is so, it resonates so much with Waste Up Wardrobe because we've had episodes on mindset and how that comes through the camera and how it really translates in your brand. She owns an affordable luxe clothing line and is the creator of the fashion docuseries Chronicles of Kiki about the trials and tremendously exciting life of an influencer and entrepreneur. Please help me welcome Kiki <laughs> Emmy, Elise and Mika. Did I say that right? I'm so Elise sorry. Elise and <laughs> Yes, that is, I, I actually, you know, I've known you for a while now, Kiki, but your last name still puzzles me. It's okay. It's, it's okay. It puzzles a few, but you'll get used to it once you said it a few times. So. Yes. And it's a, it's of a Nigerian origin. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. We always start the show with the 60 seconds, get to know you. You already know that you, uh, your, you know, your heritage is from Nigeria, but mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit of some more interesting things. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Do you have one? I used to. I'm yeah. contemplating another one. <laughs> oh my goodness. I got one after a long time of my kids bugging me to have a dog. And then I got another one because I fell in love with having a dog. So I know what you mean. I'm heading uh, there, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so here's another interesting question. Identical twins or fraternal twins? Fraternal. I'm an identical twin. Oh, okay. Actually, I'm mixed on that. <laughs> Both. I'm an identical twin and I have fraternal twins. So. Oh, oh, well, that's interesting because yeah. I knew you're an identical twin and I expected you to say identical twins, but you have children who are fraternal twins? Uh -huh. Wow. And how many kids do you have? Is it, I think four. it's four. Wow. Incredible. Very, very interesting. In this COVID, it feels like 14. But... Oh, I know. I, I can relate. I have four of my own too, but no twins in the mix. So um, Instagram or, or Facebook? um instagram okay well we're gonna learn more about why that is right <laughs> yes. all right let's dive right in uh you know both you and i come from very similar backgrounds we're both stylists in some form or another we do it in different ways and we um serve our clients in that whole area of styling mm -hmm. themselves and up leveling their image in different areas and, you know, there's so many parts to style, right? There's your mm -hmm. visual image, which what is what you wear. There is your online presence. There's how you conduct your customer experience. There's your social media presence. So there's so many different areas. And they really all have to align. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. So could you define style for me from your perspective? Okay. So from my perspective, style is both a noun and a verb. <laughs> so for me... When I say style, and first of all, I go by style yourself. So, um, but now I'm more into like teaching women how to style success, which is an intentional thing, right? So in that case, it is a verb, but they're also styling their success according to their definition of their style, right? Does that make sense? Which is a noun. So it's what you like. It's how you like things. 
And then you go ahead to kind of create that. And so this is how I'm going to style my life and my business. So a hundred percent agreed because that's exactly the journey I take my clients through in a different, from a different perspective, you know, in, in, in my business, I call it creating and developing that signature style for the client. So it's very similar, right? It's how they, they want to see themselves. It's very authentic to who they are. um, And it really interjects their flavor of who they are, right? So when you see them dressed in a certain way, you go, oh my goodness, that's so kiki. Instead of, oh, that that looks awkward on them, right? You, uh, You, so there's this, this thing, this vibe, this, style, the signature that you, they really have to develop and then kind of own. So that's how I, I uh, approach it too. Absolutely. And for me also, style is self-expression. A hundred percent self-expression. I feel it's just this wonderful way that you can show the world um, who you are really tell a story. I always say to my clients, wear your story. You know, this, when you get dressed up, you want to wear your story, speak your story. Um, And for people, and for people to experience the story. So yes, it's definitely a mode of self-expression. I love how you said styling success uh, from your perspective, how you really help the client elevate their success, style it, and, and, and sort of keep everything connected. Can you expand a little bit on that process? Um, I'm sure everybody's really interested to, to hear about w- what that actually means or looks like. Okay. So for me, it's really something I love. And, um, and I think that we don't even get to that point until we start to know who, who we are. So like you're in your first iteration, you are who you've been told you are programmed, whatever. And so you come into the second phase, which I now call the 2.0, like on my social media, I have Kiki 2.0, because once you really start to figure out who you are, you start to define things on your own terms. And I think it starts from knowing yourself and knowing whether you are a, you know, like, are you a colorful person? Are you quiet? And even sometimes quiet people are not as quiet as others would want to believe that they are. So it's really figuring out who you are. And for me, I I like to know people's personalities, their motivations, what they want, and what they ultimately like dream of and want to create. And that's what we work on. So it's not just um, what you want to wear, <laughs> maybe it might start from there, but then how you want to present yourself, what kind of life you want to live. And so we're styling everything. What relationships do you want to have? Because all of these things affect who we are, right? And so that's what I help them create. First, figure out who they are, help them create this identity. And if they don't like the one that they have and would like to create a new one, you can actually do that. You can reimagine yourself once you give yourself permission to. So this is me reimagined. So that's that's really the process. And then we find out what you want and we start heading towards it. And um, don't be surprised if it grows and evolves. It's what it's supposed to do. Exactly. It, you know, um, you, you have um, a phrase in your bio that I really resonate with where you say it really starts with the mind. Yes. It really does start in the mind. It starts with that mindset. You're yes. almost, you know, you have a certain mindset you come into uh, from just your journey as a child and you grow up, but then sometimes you want to shift that. And sometimes it's really yes. important to shift that. So you do a lot of mindset work, I imagine, to Absolutely. begin with. 
Absolutely. I think it starts there because um, most people are the product of who other people, other people's experience really imposed on them. And you're walking around with like clothes that are three sizes too big, identities that don't fit. I have met so many women, unfortunately, with like an identity crisis. And I had one myself. And so part of this whole thing is first figuring out who you are, what you want, and then having the courage also to start going for it, to um, give yourself permission to become this person that you want to be. I think most people that I meet and the reasons why we're either not happy or not even moving forward in business or not doing very well in business is because we are still like beholden to old identities and expectations. Um, and then you just get to clear that and just declare yourself, this is me, this is what I want. Um, and start to embody that new identity. I think that's, that's where it starts. It does start there. And that's exactly where I start the journey with my clients. You know, most of my clients will come to me to really up-level their visual image, what are what they wear, how they present themselves as an entrepreneur on stage or to clients. But clothes have emotions. You know, the way you dress is an emotional way of expressing yourself. You're laughing because I think you you agree with me, right? Can I tell a story? Yes, please. So when I started blogging, of course, I was, I thought I had to look a certain way and be a certain kind of blogger. And um, something I do every year, I go to Paris several times a year for fashion week and all that. So, and every time I go, I have to take pictures. So I was going through this like dark phase because it seemed like everything I was seeing on social media, forget that I'm not a 20 something year old, but forget that everything I saw on social media was just you know, like all these dark colors, like the grays and the really dark colors. And I wore this and did not know that my discomfort was like palpable. It, it affected the way that I walked, posed, everything. And the photographer was someone I've used before and she was just having a hard time getting good images out of me. And I felt really bad about the images also. Yeah. Anyway, I'm done with that outfit. And then I put on this popping yellow dress. And all of a sudden, I'm strutted. <laughs> and halfway through taking the picture, she stops and looks at me. And she's like, never wear a dark color again. Yeah. We're not the same person. So, yes. Those things, they, they have emotions and they create also emotions in us or they bring out different emotions out of us. So, yes. Yeah, 100%. I, you know, my blog is called The Emotions of Clothes. And the reason I, um, I named it that is when I started working with clients and especially when I was in their closets, especially when I was editing closets, you know, so many emotions came out. There's never been a time I've been in somebody's closet where they haven't shed a tear because something wow. triggered it. Yeah. You know, either it was the, 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 the sweater they were hanging on to because that's the sweater that they heard their mom passed away in mm -hmm. or, um, that, that they didn't want to let go certain things because, you know, it, it was symbolic of an old life or they wanted to let go of some things because it was symbolic of sickness. Like they were sick during that time or they were, they got divorced. So it was their old life and they just wanted to start fresh. It's so interesting to me 
just the emotions. I mean, I get actually chills thinking about it because it is so profound. And when I do my work, which I'm sure you would resonate with is, you know, I use clothes as a tool. It's, they're merely a tool. It's about styling and creating this outside style, but it's really about the inside style. It's about the yeah. outside style impacting the inside, uploving the confidence, you know, dealing with those emotions. I've even had somebody tell me once when they hired me, like, I've never done this. I've never hired a stylist mm-hmm. uh, for clothes because I feel like when I wear nice clothes that they are just too good for me. Wow. And so there's so much that clothes can do as a tool, but so much emotion attached to that. Do you, how does that feel to you? I mean, does that resonate with you as well? Absolutely. First of all, I love the name of your blog. Very clever. I love clever things, but um, you're right. And for me, it's not even just emotions. Um, It affects your mood. It affects what you can accomplish in a day. (laughs) If I have makeup on and I'm looking good, I can go a lot further than when I'm dragging right? It also affects people around you. So that if I take the time, I'm looking, maybe have like a nice summer dress on and automatically, of course, the color, I have a smile on my face, my energy. Well, guess what happens everywhere I go from the grocery store to whatever. People are falling all over themselves to help you to just step up and say hi, strike a conversation. It works. Um, and I think that everyone really does owe it to themselves to just go out there, hire one. You never know what can happen because sometimes it's not your zone of genius. I say it's not your zone of influence. Might as well let someone who knows how to do that get that out of you. So a hundred percent. I mean, everything you said, I always say a great outfit can elevate your emotional vibration, yes. right? When yeah. you're when you're hiding under your sweatpants, you're going yes. into the store, you're like hiding. You don't want anybody to run into you. But if you're wearing a great outfit and you step out, you're like, oh, I want to meet everybody today. It's <laughs> so open. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. It works. Even kids. Kids are attracted to it. Like little babies to whatever age kids they're attracted to because something that's beautiful and it's attractive and for where I come from we have to say in that the eyes have to eat first before the mouth does and so that means that someone has to like visually accept you first before they get into any kind of engagement conversation whatever it is business with you so, oh my God, we're soul sisters, honestly. <laughs> and uh, because I always tell people that are like, well, you know, does my clothes really matter? I'm so brilliant at what I do. I said, you know, people don't judge you by the, your genius when they first meet you. They don't know your genius. They, they, yes. they look to see how you're showing up. Yes. So it's just human nature. You, it have, is. To, it is. you have to play the day, the game, you have to up level the image and it's good for the inside of you too. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I will stick around longer <laughs> once they like what, because it's just a human thing. Like once we see something that's kind of like visually pleasing to us, it does evoke certain emotions and people stick around because they like what, how they're feeling and who doesn't want to prolong a good feeling. Of course, of course. <clears throat> well, I, I want to get into your zone of genius that I know you, you know, you're obviously you have a line of clothes and you, you work with um, up leveling image through that visual, but you also are really a genius at social media. And I just want to start by asking you, you know, when, when the world sort of 
shifted to a at-home office. Everybody mm -hmm. was working from home and doing everything from home. Did that impact um, influencers on social media? Did it change the way things influencers did things on social media? Do you did, did you see anything uh, like yeah, that? At first, it did. At first, it did because I think everyone just thought, well, where are we going? And we, you know, like, what what are you promoting? So, for instance, clothes. I'm not sure if you guys saw the reels. There were so many memes about that, but this couldn't wear it. There were just so many things going on <laughs> um, at first. But you know, humans were so resilient. And we just find a way and pivot. And um, so for me, it did at first. But what it did was send me like in a different direction and um, of more meeting people now, like virtually online in Facebook, which is something that I never did before last year. Never on Facebook. I mean, everything I did was on Instagram. But then it opened up this whole new world and community where I started to see like more opportunities to work with women who were um, who were not really feeling like the true experts that they were. Does that make sense? Yes. So um, and yeah. So in 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 a way, it took me a little bit away from the fashion and really just more into this influence. And that's when I had a chance to see that there are so many women like desirous of success. They really want to look yeah. good out there. They have a message. They really want to help, but they're still stuck in their old um, self-image. Yes. And their idea of what this looks like. You know, you mentioned T Tony and Dean, and those guys are influencers. Yeah. They're just influencing in a different space, uh, different sphere. So, um, so yeah, it, it opened up new opportunities to work with people in um, in this aspect of styling, I guess. In there, in five really short years, you really grew your Instagram following and in your social media following. Am I am I correct in saying that? Mm -hmm. And and it you know everybody is always intrigued by that kind of. Um, an impact and the ability to do that. How how did you get started or what? I mean, that might be a very broad question, but can you give us a little bit of information on that for somebody that really, um, you know, is trying to grow that social media influence mm -hmm. and is doing all the right things from hearing all the experts, but is there something that really was that, that, that trick or that thing, that one thing that is important to, to focus on? So when I went into this whole social media thing, being a fashion influencer, for me, it was, I did it like to save my life. Like I've been battling a neurolo neurological condition now. That was, at that point, it was like 20 years in and it owned me. It was literally like the worst thing that happened to me. And it was the biggest story in my life. And then one glorious afternoon, <laughs> I was invited to um, a fashion show in Paris. And I just sat there and literally who would have thought that you would have an awakening inside of a fashion show in Paris, like when the lights went down and the music started blaring and this amazing fashion just started to parade in front of me. It occurred to me that I had not been living for 20 years. Yeah. And... Um, and I, you know, I'm not sure if you know, like when you have a neurological chronic condition, all it just does is leave you tired, wiped out, wiped out, sidelined. And 
I'd lost my desire for everything. And the only thing that I did was just, I slept. I was exhausted all the time. And this was the first time I felt alive. And when I came back home, like, you know, I'm going to start a blog. Didn't know what that was. And honestly, didn't really know what Instagram was. I thought that was just left for the Kardashians <laughs> to post woody pictures. But I studied it and I just thought, you know, I'll, I'll do this. And for me, it was a way for me to just give myself like my confidence back. I always love fashion. Why not? Um, but it took off. And it wasn't until after maybe a year or so that I realized that I was actually following a process, like a framework, which for me, the first thing was creating the identity. I realized that in order for you to really become influential, you have to create an intentional, attractive, fascinating, captivated, magnetizing identity. But this identity also has to come like with a set of values, right? And so in doing that, I didn't know that I was announcing what my values, values were. At the time, it was just about clothes, right? And so it's the kind of clothes I wear and also the value of travel. I have sisters. I hang out with them. I was also showing another value. So your my images started to attract people who connected with those things, the travel, the, the fashion, and also with the messaging, um, letting them know that this I don't want to say it's a made-up image, but it is. It's an imagined. And that's the first thing I just thought to myself was, I'm going to reimagine myself. And so this was my reimagined me coming out there. And, well, guess what? Women started to connect with that because there were lots of women who wanted the same thing but hadn't given themselves permission. Yeah. And so that's, you know, like that's how it started. And then with the content, you need to do stuff. Because for me, it's three pillars, like the framework that I put my clients through. One is the um, identity. The other is the messaging, right? And so what's your messaging say? And of course, that's the content. Does it captivate? Does it um, create connection between the people, you and the people who are um, following you or just showing up to see what you're creating? Um, does it also create like this? Um, does it widen the gap, right? Does it create demand for what you do? Those are all the things that were happening that I hadn't really identified because I just, I went into it honestly to have fun, but then I started to get more requests. Like when I'd go out and speak and I just thought, truthfully, I, I, I didn't think that I would be consulting or teaching this, but I, I found out that there was more to it than just the fashion. And then the third part is the building of the tribe because you're not just like talking at people. We're having conversations here and people who are showing up um, are probably just like different versions of yourself along the journey. And what they admire is the fact that you have taken this step towards what you want. Mm. And, um, and that's really how a tribe is built. But it's also a two-way thing because um, while that tribe is um, feeding you and encouraging you, um, you're also doing this, or actually it's the other way around, while you're encouraging them to step up, they're also doing the same thing for you. They're giving you feedback, which is really important. If, like if you're an influence, it's it's important. So when you have people sliding into your DM and just telling you what, 
either a post good for them or literally buying clothes off of you. Like I would post an outfit and someone's like, I want this. I'm going for a wedding. Can I buy it? Sure. And then they send me tons of pictures. And I just realized that a lot of us, we really want the same thing. You know, women, we want to be seen. I believe that we were created to be seen. We were created to shine. We were created um, with a message. And whether that message is fashion or you talking to um, people about finance or something, we're all here influencing and changing people's lives. So. A hundred percent. Women, I believe, are the biggest influencers, whether you're on social media or somewhere else in your life. Women are powerhouses. Each individual woman wears so many hats. I mean, that is really why my business was born is to yeah. serve women who do it all all day long. They work in and out of the house. They raise children. They put them into the community, you know, into the world for the next generation. They yes. are thinking about the future. They're thinking about how they did what they did, what's right or wrong. And they're just always thinking those gears are always turning because they are achievers and they want to better life, their lives and society. But yes. sometimes, sometimes they forget about themselves. Oh, right? absolutely. And, absolutely. and that's why people or services and, and, and the things that we offer help elevate that woman from the outside, from the inside out. And that's what they need. They need that support. They need that white glove treatment. They need the teaching. They need the, the feedback, right? That you are amazing and you can do this and you do have a story, which is really everything you were talking about. Absolutely. We all have a story and maybe some of us even have multiple stories, you know, yeah, <laughs> some yeah. one to some five, 10, but <laughs> we have stories. The only thing is a lot of us, like I meet women every day who are still living and it really is all of us. Um, we get better at it, but you see the beating ourselves up, the believing that we have to be X, Y, Z, the, the perfectionism, the procrastination. There are just so many things that we believe that don't serve us. And those are the things that really make me mad. <laughs> and that's the first thing I come for <laughs> when I'm working um, with women, because if you don't let go of those beliefs, then everything else you're doing is a waste of time because you might get gain some traction, but then it always, like it's, it's, it's right there and then it stops you, right? And so it's changing that identity. I saw something that said that women, let's say, for instance, um, no, it was uh, a study that was done. And it was like, how many, what percentage of uh, knowledge in a particular subject do you think men have to have to feel like they're experts? Well, guess what? For men, if they had like 40, 50 percent, give me an expert badge and they go out there and they start charging and charging men fees. Women feel like they have to have like at least 90% yeah. and they beat themselves up over the 10% they don't have. So it's ridiculous. All the things that we put on ourselves. And that's like the first place to start. We just break those things down and let them know, you know, you're just as human as everyone else. And um, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have, like, solve everyone's problem. What we're just doing is moving people just a little forward, right? Helping them, um, yeah, helping them move forward. 
And yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, it's so interesting you say that the difference between men and women and how they perceive themselves. I mm-hmm. completely see how that that resonates with me because um I, you know, just in styling women primarily, I mean, I have, I do work with men, but women primarily are my target mm-hmm. audience and the people that really reach out to me. And I really started the business in service to women. Um, yeah. But men could be, you know, they could be mature and maybe losing hair and maybe a couple pounds overweight. And they look in the mirror, they go, I look great today. Okay. <laughs> but women could be gorgeous and nearly perfect and they go oh i need to lose a little bit of weight yeah so interesting right it seems like it's across the board so so i love how you broke down your process you know the creating the identity uh, the the then really connecting that to your value system and your core values Mm -hmm. and messaging around that and then really creating that tribe i'd love to dig deeper into that just so people can have practical things to go and put into action. Mm-hmm. So you started with your story blogging and that really attracted your audience and your tribe, which I could totally see people resonate with stories. Um, do you recommend if somebody had a story that was that compelling? I mean, I think everybody does have a story. Everybody's story is different and you can be very ordinary, but still have a story that can inspire. Mm-hmm. But do people, would you recommend, or do you recommend usually to women to start with their story the way you did, or are there different starting points when you're trying to really grow a community well what really differentiates you is is your story but i think where most people get it wrong and i did (laughs) in the beginning is sometimes when we're telling our story it becomes about us right and even thinking that being an influencer is you know it's about me and where it puts me and so and that attitude people will sniff out in a minute (laughs) and don't connect with it. So all over the place, you've got people who want to tell their story. Mm. But telling the story is not just to tell your story so the world hears you. Or people say they want to tell their story to help people. There there really is a process to that. And so every time you tell a story, it should be as a teaching tool, right? So I tell my story to say this. And then I highlight what that is and then give you um, an idea of how to solve your problem. Like what I I did and what you could try. So the, you know, so like the, in in terms of being an influencer, really every time it starts with us and maybe because you're coming out of something and you know, you have a big enough story that's either held you back, held you down and we go into it all wrong. But then once we start to realize that it's not in service to us, it's for other women, it changes the way we tell the story. A hundred percent, I love that. It's, you know, it's so, the the story starts with us, but it ends with the people you're in service to. Yes. Starts with us, ends with the people you're trying to serve. That is really, really, really brilliant. And that I love that you start with the story and then you use it as a tool to teach some, something to others to elevate their own lives. Yes. Did so, I get that right? Exactly. Because yeah. my story of being 20 years battling this um, condition, but then the, the five years after, because it's been five years, um, still having the same set of circumstances, right? Yeah. But now living a different life, 
creating a lot more than I did in the 20 years prior to that. And um, yeah, so things like that is exactly where you say, okay, you use the story to let people know that whatever they have, they can definitely overcome and it is possible for them to, um, to change their stories. So yeah, because if I overcame it, you can too. And here are some tools to show oh you gosh. how. Can you hear? It's fine. You hear it? Okay. <laughs> of course, today. <laughs> yeah. So so that's it. It's you giving them the same tools. And usually, like for me, it now comes in the form of a framework, right? And letting them know because they, they need to know. Sometimes we go into things without understanding like all the things that we have either for us or against us. And I think it's a good idea for people to know what they're getting into and maybe what to anticipate so that once you see it, you don't, you don't get excited. You don't panic. Oh yeah. I knew that at this point I'm going to have, you know, I was going to turn left or this would happen. So it helps you stay the course a lot longer than when you just journey in hope <laughs> without knowing or anticipating what could go wrong. Yes. And Karita is here and she's saying, this is so enriching. Thanks, ladies. And she loves you, Kiki. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Karita. I hope I'm saying your name right. I really hope I am. Um, uh, that You know, it's so brilliant. So I meet women all the time when they are, you know, starting a blog or starting to build their website. And they have a very compelling story. They have, they're, you know, they've been living with fibromyalgia and they want to show people how they can actually live a healthy life and get over it and like live with it and overcome it. Um, or they have... Like, rheumatoid arthritis that can be very debilitating and try and and show people what they did to Which, live by the way that comes from over criticism when you criticize yourself Self really really oh, well, yeah. you mean you mean what exactly is it that comes from that the the, the rheumatoid arthritis is, yes really interesting yeah. interesting so it's those um so those stories using the story not just telling your story but using the story to help others that's the key right yes. that that's what yes. i get from not this. just to give me a podium let me tell exactly. my story. Exactly. Yeah. No, I can see how that can be um, something that people don't realize. They don't realize that they need to take that next step. They just may put their story out thinking it's going to inspire, mm -hmm. but then forget to connect it to the person, the other the people that are listening to them. And uh, Karita saying, um, yeah, she, she was, she's saying, she's telling me how to spell her name. It's Car. Retta, Coretta, Coretta. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, thank you for correcting me on that. Um, so, so the story, and you started with your blog. So then, how did your your blog, that was your story that you were telling to help others, translate into you know your following on Instagram or sort of the the next thing that got you the the influence or the the audience okay so it has to be a deliberate thing so if you are building an audience because maybe you want to help more people or i guess at the time i didn't know that i really was create trying to create something bigger your mind just kind of tells you you know start here um so at first i thought i was just going into just showing women how to dress you know you you, you can take a look at my page my my goal at the time was for women to 
come to my page and know how to dress for any occasion, right? Yeah. So I did all kinds of different things. I allow myself to dress however I want and remember and express myself that way. But what I started to get from people that made me know that this is more than just dressing is a lot of messages of people being stuck. Hmm. And that stuck looks like, I don't like what, what I'm doing. I don't like my job. I'm 50, but I don't have the courage to. Um, maybe there's a multi-passionate who has so many different ideas of what they can do and is pretty good with, with that. But the, the not being able to decide on one thing is <laughs> driving them crazy. Um, and I started to talk more about that. And I was also getting invited to speak at conferences. So, and every time you speak, that just like gets more followers. And it really is in the, in the content that you put out. I would say, don't go with the idea of growing an audience. Let the work do it for you. Because when you go into growing an audience, then you start with the comparing, the looking around, the the dejection. If this isn't perfect, it becomes about you. Right. And every time something is about you, then you're the biggest goal. It'll cripple you. It won't give you the motive. Or, and I know because I'm... Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying anything that I haven't done and found out the hard way. And this was, of yeah. course, because I just went into this without no, without understanding really what true influence is. And so it should always be about the problem you're solving. So first you have to identify what that is. If you're all over the place, if you haven't made up your mind, if you don't know what your zone of influence is, and I help women figure what that figure out what that is because sometimes they're also confused about what that is <laughs> um first figure that out and then start to provide content that helps other people that's how you become valuable and anything that's valuable will eventually grow and be seen and be followed as opposed to when you just put stuff out and it doesn't connect with anyone or when you just collect people and you guys are not connected. So there has to be something about you, what you're feeding them that resonates. And that really is how you grow an audience. Now, there are some tactical things that you have to do, you know, in terms of like maybe the post and understanding how to create the content and maybe having like a, a, a matrix for the content. But I always start with once you, first of all, build that into your identity, right? And that's where you have to know what your premise is, the problem that you solve. Um, you have to know like your point of view. You have to know who you are, your presence, where you want to be, how you want to show up, all those things. That's where it starts. And once you start to put that out there, the people who know and understand and resonate with that will raise their hands and they're just they're going to enroll themselves into whatever you're doing as opposed to you trying to pull people from different directions. People start to say like, oh, wow, that thing you just told me or that outfit or that makeup, whatever it is that yeah. you do, it connects. A hundred percent. This is actually so like I'm having all these aha moments as I sit here and learn from your genius and and get to talk to you. Awesome. Um, <laughs> This is just like 
oh, it's it's beautiful what you're saying because it is it is you know, people we forget we don't know how to do it. Part of it is we don't know how to do it. We feel like we're just putting it out there, putting it out there. But unless we're connecting it to the plight of the audience, then mm -hmm. they don't care because it's really yeah. just about us, you know. Yeah. So uh, it has, it's, and, you know, it has to be it has to be focused. Yes. But I think the biggest thing I can say is take the focus off of you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that'll always stop you yes so the focus not on you but it starts with your story and ends with the audiences helping the audience yes. it's deliberate it's deliberate so you have to really think about how you're 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 talking to the audience and what you're giving them mm -hmm. and the feedback and, and listening to the feedback that comes back from them. Absolutely. That yeah. is very important is the feedback. So what are they liking? So for instance, on Instagram, for me, of course, I think different platforms work for different things. But because I started with fashion, obviously Instagram is the place to be because it's very visual. Mm -hmm. um, and people upvotes with their likes, their comments, their follows, their recommendations. If they like you, they're always going to tell someone else about you. Yeah. Um, so that's that's where you start. But then you can also do polls, you know, like ask the people, find out what works, what do they like. Um, I remember, and, and also the truth is you can also expect to maybe have all these feelings of insecurities and imposter syndrome. You know, it seems like that never goes away. It just like different levels, um, but it's okay because we get to also crush that. Um, I remember the first time I had a pop-up uh, event and I have to tell you, like I was so insecure. I didn't think anyone was going to come and I kept pushing it back and not really wanting to um, make a decision. And when I finally did, I think I had about 48 hours of three days or so notice and I did it. And women showed up and I was just there like really stunned. <laughs> so they came and I had an opportunity to really talk to people. And I was asking them like why they came and they were like, we came for you. So usually people will be coming for you. If they're in your tribe, if they're in your community, it's because they want that proximity. They want to spend time with you because they like you. So ultimately who they're buying is you. Yeah. But we're not, you know, so, but you don't focus so much on like just you. They're buying you because of the way that you make them feel. They're buying you because of the the gaps that you fill. They're buying you because you've helped them cross this, build a bridge. So that's ultimately what they're going to come back for. And they also want to have this connection with you. That first pop-up, I had maybe about 60 or so women, right? And I sold more than I ever thought. Like, I was so stunned. Now, I had another one where I had more than double the, the number of people. And I still sold about the same amount. Why? Because I had a chance to spend more time with the women who, when I had the smaller crowd, I spent more time having conversations. And based on that, people just purchased. With the bigger crowd... I had less time to do that. Yeah. And it was reflected. So sometimes when we're going after the big audience, the big audience, it may not just be the big audience. So you have to nurture what you have and grow what you have and value what you have before you get into having the big audience. 
So true. Uh, just honestly, this conversation is so eye-opening when it comes to, you know, building that presence. And sometimes people can have the best intentions when they're trying to build their audience, but they're doing it in a way that's not connected, that's not yeah. authentic, that, but it's because they don't know. And that's why people have to watch this episode because <laughs> This is so enlightening. Um, and Coretta was adding, don't focus on growing your audience. You know, let um, let people will support you. You got to let your work do it for you, which is exactly what you're saying. It's, you know, you want to build the value, tell your story, connect it to how that can help others. And then that will build that trust and connection. And then they'll come to you because they want more of that with you. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, amazing. 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 So uh, just to summarize uh, for the audience, you're creating an identity that <clears throat> on, on your social platform, whether it's Instagram, <clears throat> excuse me, or your <clears throat> blog, excuse me. And you are connecting it to your core values. You are also really paying attention to your messaging and really being deliberate about delivering a message that can be beneficial to your audience members. Mm -hmm. Then they will oftentimes give you feedback. It's really important to pay attention to the feedback. Yes. <laughs> because when you give people what you want to give them. Yes. You yes. have to give them what they need, what they're asking you for. And really, in, in creating this identity, it has to be an exaggerated identity. This is not me at home. <laughs> but I put on this. It's what I imagine. It's what I create. It's what I put out there. And people just happen to connect with it. Yes. And so that's, you know, that's part of it. You have to, like... Uh, Sally Hogshead says, you have to fascinate people. You have to captivate. You really have to figure out, like, first of all, who you are, know what your advantages are, and then we got to play that advantage. Yes. And, you know, and it's not about, you know, when, when you say, you know, you have this persona, I'm, I'm just kind of translating. And if I interpret this wrong, please correct me. But this persona on your, in your social media world, in your brand, it's not that you're not being authentic. It's that you, people need to know you as the expert. They need to know that you're a little bit ordinary, but you're also a little bit extraordinary because then why would they want to learn from you? You have to be a little bit ordinary, just like them, a mom at home without makeup and sweatpants, just on an ordinary day, yes. but also this extraordinary brand that when they step out, they step out in their in their brand because that that's exactly it. Like I say, I'm an ordinary woman who gets to have lots of amazing, extraordinary moments and ideas and transformations in life. So a hundred percent. I love this. I love our conversation, Kiki. I love you. I think you are a very you too, Christine. Thanks for having me. So yeah. I think that you are a powerhouse. I know you have a gift for the audience members who listen to it right now, um, the this live or our get on the replay today. Um, and uh, if you want this very special offer, because Kiki, I mean, Th this is very generous of you. I really appreciate you giving the audience a, a something that they can actually a tool that they could use. Um, put in the hashtag social and shine in the comment box and Kiki is going to give you. Go ahead, Kiki, tell us. It's my influencer secrets. And it really is like the secrets you need or like the entrepreneurs 
who are getting all the dream clients, making the money, becoming thought leaders, becoming who like you want to be. These are the secrets they're using to um, establish that. So. Who doesn't want secrets of entrepreneurs? Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Before we end our episode, Kiki, we always end with what I call the waste up wardrobe weekly wrap up. And that we want to know is what is that one takeaway? The one takeaway that if we, if somebody just takes one thing away from today's show, what would that be? Takeaway for me is that you can always reimagine yourself wherever you are. And that anything you want is truly possible. Um, yeah. And just get some help if you need it, you know, in terms of having a coach or someone to teach you how to do it. But if you want it, it's yours. You're supposed to have it <laughs> and go for it. Exactly. It's really visualizing what you want your life to look like and how you want it to matter because it does matter. It's just really, how are you going to highlight that? Having a coach is a great way to do that because oftentimes we need somebody to tell us what to do. We might know what to do, but we need somebody to coach us sometimes. So that does make us get there even faster. So thank you for that. And the tools, I'm going to thank you so much for um, the, this uh, freemium you're giving us about, you know, how to, um, uh, elevate your social presence with the hashtag social and shine. Um, and finally, if you can give us one action item, what's one thing, if somebody's really been struggling building that following, mm -hmm. one action item they can go do right now, with whatever it may be that could put them right into action, what would that be? Everyone else. Well, I say go ahead and do a live. <laughs> every you have to do the hard thing and that is about the hardest thing no, no one wants to because we're you know you don't want to talk to crickets but <laughs> just start talking yeah yeah just start doing it don't think about what it looks like how it makes you feel just take the action because this action that you take is going to multiply Yes, it, it really is. It's, you know, yes. you just don't know who you are, who, what the ripple effect is like. I got up in front of an audience. I know you're you're saying that you've, you're feeling what I'm saying here. I got in front of an audience and I was just telling my, my story of really stepping into uh, my confidence and, and really realizing that my, what I did mattered and had a soul. The business had a soul. Yeah. And I sat down after... I would, I start, I stopped talking and, um, and I had a break. One woman came up to me and she was literally in tears. I have no idea what I said that impacted her that way. No yeah. idea. Yeah. And I'm so, I was so grateful that she actually came, was that vulnerable to tell me that because it made me feel like I'm what I do really does matter. There was evidence and social proof of it. Right. And then Funny enough, not only did she tell me this, but she was sitting in a group of people that they all felt the same way about what I had said. And to this day, I don't really remember exactly what I said. Absolutely. But isn't that amazing how yes. even if you're speaking to one person through that lens on live, you might be making a bigger impact than you think. That is an amazing, amazing takeaway. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think that people don't understand that there are people waiting the pool that have been called to you. And so while you're in your own <laughs> and considering all the, the, the vanities and all that, you're disappointing those pool. They're pool that are called to you. And so, and that's where, honestly, I think that thing, is, um, the, the, the line in the Bible that says many are called, but a few are chosen. The chosen ones are the ones who choose to do the hard, the hard things and, and they get what they 
I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for elevating my show and being here oh, and being oh part gosh. of this. Thank this was such an honor you. to have you. I'm so thrilled to have had this conversation with you. Thank you for being here. And there Thanks you have Thank you. There you have it, Virtual Nation. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this was one of my favorite episodes. And thank you for joining us. You know the drill. We're here again next week, same time at 1130 live on Thursdays, every Thursday, where we will bring you another way to uplevel your virtual and digital presence, your online presence, your camera presence, everything now that we are doing to really become cohesive with our brand is here waiting for you in the Waste Up Wardrobe Library. So check us out on iTunes, subscribe, rate us and review us, and come again next week at 1130 and invite a friend.